Welcome back to the Nastime Podcast. I'm your host, Jason Rockfell, alongside two, yes, I said two, two of my good friends, my co-host, Colin Ward, a.k.a. Nastime on Instagram or NASCAR Time, whatever it is. I always forget your username, which I'm so sorry about that, considering that there's like a good, solid following with the account. <laughs> and also, we have a special guest on today because I was at work and talked to him about that we were doing the pod tonight, Kenny Brady is here on the zoom call with us uh this evening kenny it's good to have you i know a couple weeks ago i told you that wasn't ready to have guests yet but felt like why not i mean shake it up a little bit have somebody else on maybe this will become a regular thing who knows um it's good to have you my friend and welcome to the show it is a pleasure to be here on the nas time podcast yeah, yeah. man doesn't even know the the name yet really <laughs> well that's the name right yeah, NASCAR podcast. There we, we go. Can't, we, can't, we can't say yeah, we can't say NASCAR because we would probably like it. Just would be a copyright infringement or copyright. whatever. You want I, to I have it. a yeah. feeling we'd get into some sort of trouble if we called yeah. it NASCAR Time Podcast. Yeah, most likely. So, how was everybody's weekends? With a, we're also doing this on a Tuesday. I want to uh, mention. Uh, so expect every, uh, episodes every Wednesday, most likely now, guys. Instead of every Friday, we had a feeling. Yes. I have free days on Tuesdays now, and I've, that was a day when Colin and I are both available because the thing that I used to do on Tuesday nights is no longer available. Uh, I'm not doing it anymore. It was a uh, iRacing league, and they kicked me out for some stupid reason, and they were just bad. But anyways, uh, we're doing it now, so then everybody can listen to it on Wednesday through Friday, sometimes Saturday, depending on if you want your full cup uh, recap and then a preview heading into the race weekend. Um, we thought it would be better for the viewership and hopefully it'll play out, but, uh, guys, how was everybody's weekend? Fantastic. It was a good time, man. I feel like it's all about the mindset. I feel like all the races were, uh, very interesting. It was, it was a good time. I must say. Yeah, it was. And, uh, yeah. Oh yeah. Between work and Bristol in general, just like this week in general was crazy, which we'll get into it. And uh, that definitely brings us into our first topic discussion of the night. It was a interesting, wild, and chaotic weekend at Bristol for uh, all three series. Not just that, too. We also uh, crowned our, I believe, our uh, national ARCA series champion. Um, Forget who won it. I don't really follow ARCA that much. I only really was watching it because it was a big car count. It's Bristol and Roger was driving. So had to watch it. Uh, that was an interesting race, even though it was dominated by two Gibbs cars. Um, other than that, Colin, we recorded the podcast literally right after the truck race. We were hoping like maybe we could get some finishes like that. And boy, did we get some finishes that were better than that this past weekend. The Xfinity Series race this past weekend will probably go down as one of the, if not, top 10 greatest finishes in NASCAR because of how much stuff was going on in the last lap. And it just reminded Absolutely. me of so many finishes. And, um, and it, it's, it's been considered by some people right now as quite possibly and argumentatively possibly the best race weekend in NASCAR. What do we think about that? Hmm, I think that's jumping the gun just a little bit, but it was a very good weekend. It was very entertaining, very satisfying. 
I don't know if you call it the best. NASCAR has been around for a very long time. Uh, best in recent years, for sure. I, I think that that's easy to say. Best of the year, I would say. Uh, best ever? I don't, I don't know. It's kind of jumping the gun there. Hmm. Kenny, what you, what do you think about this? Yeah, I mean, you know, there's there's so many finishes that you can, you know, all jot up and 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 it's really hard to choose just one finish to be the best. I feel like there's a lot of great finishes. Um is it's definitely like Colin said, one of the best in recent years. I mean, you go to Bristol and and that's what you want, you know, you want a finish like that wrecking across the line and it, I mean, it it was crazy. It sucks to tear up all those cars after the finish but i mean it you know it, it was insane i hey. you don't see it very often that they do that after the finish hey man fans came to see a show yeah no I well I, I pointed this winner. out on twitter though uh what's it called i pointed it out on twitter and i quickly deleted it because like i have like no twitter followers nor do i care for twitter but uh i don't know if y'all remember uh i believe it, it, it was a rain delayed race but in 2003 remember how we had uh, Craven versus Bush. Well, that same day, if not, I think it was the day after. I don't remember what yeah. day it was. We had the Bush series finish, and they were literally, it was between Todd Bodine and Jamie McMurray, and they came off a four, and they were wrecking and spinning. Literally, I'm talking like full 360 coming to the line, slamming the inside wall. And it looked like Jamie McMurray was going to get it, but while they were spinning, it's just Todd Bodine's car had so much more momentum. In, and he won the race. That's what that race yeah. reminded me of. The finish right there. And weren't those two races on the same day? I'm pretty sure they were. I think they were. I'm not too sure. Like I said, it was either that Sunday or it was the Monday, but I'm pretty sure it was on the same day. If, if they were on the same day, that has to be probably the best race day in NASCAR history. Oh, oh for yeah. sure. Yeah, I agree there. I don't it, remember that race, but the Xfinity or Bush race back then, but. No, yeah, I don't. I, I gotta look that up and see it. <laughs> oh, it's crazy! You got it when you get a chance, Kenny. After oh yeah, you've never seen that, Kenny. Right now, dude, it's insane. Oh no! Oh yeah, that that was. It, it was, was like that. It reminded me of that mixed with Bush versus Larson, twenty eighteen at Chicago Land. That's what that reminded me of too. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. And we all obviously remember that. A lot of people were dubbing that as the greatest NASCAR finish of all time. But let's face it, folks, that was not the greatest finish of all time. It just was so infamous for Dale Jr. going slab job. Slide yeah, job, I mean, man. That one was another top ten. It's it's hard to to say what the best one was. I think I think one and week. I think we should just finish. do that. We should rank our top ten like favorite finishes of all time. Like or like we should all like come to an agreement on on like by far like from our knowledge and what we know and just all the history that's going on. I think we should one day sit down on the pod and just give out our top 10 that greatest NASCAR finishes of all time. And it can be any of the top three national series. Be a great thing for the off season. Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, if we carry this on into the off season, we might take a break. We might have a little pop-up episodes here and there during the uh, winter break, but who knows? Yeah, bi-weekly episodes. Yeah, that would be cool. Give something. Cause I know first for a fact, I mean, when it comes down to it at the end of the, like I go into like a seasonal depression when it comes into uh, November <laughs> all the way through literally the week of the clash or Same. whatever you want to call it. Cause like, there's no, like, I love, like we said it on the podcast. This is what we love. You know, this is like our considerably like our family, you know, it's like losing a family member, but only for a short period of time where it's like them going away. And then like, it's like you go to visit them or they come to visit you. That's what it's like. That's what NASCAR is to me at least. I would, I would say it would probably be like a family member moving away 
and it's like every so often they come to see you except it's for a long time and they go back that's kind of what it's, it's not like. goodbye it's see you later yeah it's yeah, see you it's later just, it's a see you I'm, later type effect <laughs> i'm sitting in a room surrounded by nascar memorabilia so when oh, i say yeah. not a race to look forward to the next weekend it's it's sad boy hours oh like, yeah absolutely You'll just be like that. looking around and just like looking at like your stuff. Like I, I'm like right now, man. I'll tell you, man. I'll tell you what. I'm looking at that Jordan Anderson, uh, 2020 Daytona, uh, truck race version authentic that I have. Because you guys have been in my room. You guys know I have the big wall of authentics wrapped around my Blaney flag and along my oh, border yeah. of my room. I have uh-huh. so many. I at a certain point I just stopped opening up my authentics and I just said, "What's the point?" You know, I'm getting older. I want to start collecting more. And I mean, they have so much. I mean, for Christ's sake, I have the uh, Corey LaJoy. I think I, I might have said it on the pod already. I have Corey LaJoy's 2019 uh, Scooby Doo authentic, and people were going like 15 to like 20 bucks for that. But not only do I have that, but I have the Chase. It's a Chase piece. It's the liquid color of the color chrome car which it's, it's really hard to find a chase piece. I know you guys don't do yeah. so much die cast collecting, but like, you know. No, I do. Like, no, I know you do. I know Kenny doesn't anymore. I know he used to and stuff. But like when it comes down to that, like people, it's crazy how much money people will pay for these things. Yeah, dude, I was going to say, I haven't opened a NASCAR authentic, or at least the, the ones that you get at like Walmart or Target. I haven't actually opened one in years. Like, Well, those I, are where you get NASCAR right? authentics. What's that? That's, that is where you get NASCAR authentics. You said that yeah, you but I'm, I'm talking about did were they called NASCAR Authentics back in like 2014? Yeah, the, uh, I don't even the think boxes. we had. Yeah, yeah, the ones by Spin Master and then Lionel bought the oh, rights. Yeah, I remember Spin Master. Dude, they were like and, fat cars. Remember that shit? Yeah, they were the I fat cars. Yeah, they were fat and like they weren't like. Uh, they, they came the, with uh, a little shitty collector box. They? they were plastic. No, they bags. weren't plastic. They were they were like a normal like 164. It's just they yeah, they, they were weren't. Metal. They were like really like crappy molds. They started doing didn't, it. Didn't in they 2011. have the uh, didn't they have the white chassis also instead of the yeah? Black they chassis had the today. white chassis yeah. like like most. Of, I mean, but then again though, most uh, when Lionel and Action were doing their diecasts for years, it wasn't until 2016. No, maybe it was 2015. I think it was 20. I don't remember. It might have been 2015. It was either 2015 or 2016 when they started doing the black interior chassis in general um, and stuff like that. And like, I know they didn't, they didn't start doing windshield banners, at least for the cup series until 2020. Yeah. yeah. And stuff because of obviously the deal with monster stuff, but yeah, they were the really fat ones in 2011 too. The spoilers were huge. huge. They, Oh my gosh. Like they were so big. You could probably say that is your, 2011 2020 like daytona town they had package. a baby yeah, oh, yeah. 2020 and, like. and 2011 had a baby <laughs> yeah like... yeah it, hey, man, it, it's, it's so long way with those diecasts yeah well i mean well well they're really cool now i mean and the thing is that i love about them too is they never change this is the thing and folks i'm going to tell you something if you're a diecast collector if you're looking for more authenticity because i will say the authentics don't come with the windshield banners and they're in a white chassis and they're not black like they do in real like they look like in real life. If you want more authenticity, go buy a standard box 164 scale for eight, nine dollars and get charged for shipping. But if you want to start collecting or if you want to go collect, I'm telling you, authentics, they released uh, the Lionel authentic waves that are at like 
Meyer and uh, I think it's Meyer. Uh, Walmart, Target, other places. eBay. That, eBay, yeah, eBay is where I did all my shopping. Yeah, back in that's where I eBay, did too. Uh-huh. Nothing's more exciting than a little cubed box coming in the coming in the mail, and you got two no, guys in there. Yeah. Every every day after school, man. Not every day, but every other day, one would show up. Yeah, but oh, I'd but, record myself unboxing them. That's how. Often yeah, we all we all did that. <laughs> but um, what's it called too? But like I said, if you want the authenticity, do what I said. But if you want something cheaper, I mean, like authentics rate or not authentics, but Lionel raises the price for diecasts like literally like every single year, and it sucks because really? like they just yeah. Well, now oh, one yeah. dude one twenty four is like insane. Like what one yeah they're basically ten dollars and now they started doing metal chassis with rubber tires but nothing opens or anything and they're pricing them for twenty dollars like 25 bucks really wow well yeah i bought i have all the ones that have been released so far i remember when a brand new 124 was like 65 bucks yeah well now or yeah i remember when they were 50 dog and now they're like 75 bucks a piece 70 dollars yeah and it's and you're not even getting stuff like the deck lid barely opens now, or some of them. I was gonna say the quality's tanking. And 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 there's just so many paint decal issues and just like shipping and everything like this and that. And like the chassis are plastic now. They're not even metal. If you want to go buy like an old kind of 124 scale, now it's considered the elite. And the elite is like ninety dollars. Yeah. yeah, it's terrible. I now it, I just get the Kyle Bush ones. And that's that's it. why it's not even worth collecting die casts anymore, unless it's your favorite driver or like a special paint. Like for me, I'm only this year. I'm getting Matt DiBenedetto. I'm probably if I get it, I'm wanting. I'll probably get it once before. But Matt DiBenedetto's Suicide Prevention Hotline car that he's running this weekend, and I have uh, the only win I don't have pre-order this year that I wanted to get was Bowman's Pocono, but I'm not probably going to get it. Um, I pre-ordered Bowman's Dover win and all three of Blaney's wins from this year because I collect every Blaney win, and I wanted that Alex Bowman win at Dover because that was the first race that I, me and my girlfriend went to together, and that was her first race, so Aww. that was special. So, but uh, oh yeah, I also bought the um oh yeah, come we were at Pocono. I bought Ryan Blaney's 2021 Advanced Auto Parts car, but I said I wanted to buy a 124 because I had the money, and that's what I bought because I love that that car. But, I'd um, rather 124 over 160. Yeah. Now, like the quality, like I said, I only get the Kyle Bush ones. I know Kyle Bush's uh, Texas win just like literally just came out this weekend. I really things because oh, it's beautiful because Dude. they like hardly ever sell. So yeah, well, I, up I, I must say, unlike you two, I've never purchased a 124. Never have my. I life. thought you had Kyle a Kyle Bush. I thought you were a Kyle Bush like championship. You know what? You're car. right. No, no, no. I had okay. Well, that does remind me. It was the a... championship car with the with the Cup Series champion logo on the top, right? No, nope, nope, no, it wasn't. It was just his plain 2013 M&M's car. Oh. And I got it. Damn, I got really? it. I think I got it on sale. It was like in a in a tent or something. I actually just got. Out. I actually just this past weekend went to the Collinsville auction in at uh, near Wall Stadium, and I got Jeff Gordon's. To, Cause there's this guy who literally, I like basically robbed him of his prices. Cause he doesn't charge. He gave me the Brack his last 2009, like uh 22 discount tire car that everybody wants so bad. The contender series car. Got, he Wait, the, the nationwide car. Yeah. Oh, I love yeah, that. Yeah. Everybody wanted it. And you I, know what car I, I I've always free. wanted in 124 for him. I don't know if they made it, but it was a uh, Justin Allgaier's. Oh Verizon yeah. Car. That car. Yeah. It oh, was a yeah, promo. Yeah. It's, it was it's a contender car too. But I Love actually this weekend got Jeff Gordon's 2007 Darlington race version for forty dollars. 
40 bucks yeah it's pretty good i was gonna re- i might resell it eventually but i have a feeling i won't considering that like one of the most like somebody's just listed i'll have to see it when the bid ends if i really want to choose to sell it if it sells upwards of like 80 to 100 dollars and more i'll probably resell it maybe but like right now at least the last time i checked it was re- it, somebody was selling theirs starting at a bid for like 20 dollars, and nobody was doing it but i'll have to check but um yeah it, it, it was a good price but Anyways, we're going on about diecasts. Another story for another day because we love it. That's an off-season discuss- uh, topic discussion. Um, I am going on eBay after this, though. Now. Oh yeah, for sure, dog. So <laughs> Kyle Larson finally wins at Bristol this weekend. Um, we've all we all knew this was coming. Uh, it, and in Colin, neither of us picked Kyle Larson, I believe, this past weekend in fantasy either. You know, to win. Yeah, I know. We uh, we wasted a pick. Nah, the, it's all right though, because there's so many tracks coming up that he's good at. Yeah, like this week. We'll get to that. Yeah, well, it, it was a good race. I thoroughly enjoyed it. It uh, broke uh, Jeff Gluck's uh, best race poll ever. I believe it was like a 97.5 percent or something along those lines. Uh, people said it was really? a good race. Um, it uh, it holds, and he said that his top three. Uh, best race polls are all Bristol races. It's number one is this past weekend. Number two is the 2020 spring. And number three is uh, the uh, spring 2018, or maybe it was the fall 2018 Bristol race. And yet we huh. technically only have one race at Bristol. Ooh, oh my God. Yeah. Bless me. Gosh. Did you sneeze? Yeah, I did. I said oh, I bless myself because oh, yeah, I didn't hear it. God yeah, bless. Yeah, I hear it. Yeah, the way Zoom's audio works, it's just it's getting to that time of the season now. I'm starting to snap my allergies and stuff. Oh but, yeah. Yeah, yeah Larson, allergies in the spring, not the fall. Yeah. Well, I get them in the fall. I got really bad. Get them all the time. Yeah. But yeah, anyways, sometimes I'll wake up in the summer with a stuffy nose for some reason. <laughs> so, so Larson obviously wins this past weekend. Uh, we it was a very interesting race, and like we said, we kind of drifted off the topic to diecasts, but. The Xfinity race, by far, best finish of the whole season probably right now. It, it, oh, yeah. it, it's insane how we went from – and, I mean, don't get me wrong, Sam Mayer kind of caused that caution. Justin Allgaier was there and came down on the seven. You know, but if it wasn't for that, so we can thank Sam Mayer for giving us that fantastic uh, Bristol finish. And, and I think – and, you know, it's just crazy. And I tell you what, guys, I think the old Bristol might be back. It may just be back. I don't know. Yeah. I just, you know, I was, I was talking to, to uh, Jason about this at the after the uh, the Arca race. And, yeah, I mean, I, I hope it's back because I'm just not really a big fan of the uh, all the PJ1. They were laying down on the bottom. I just I feel like it was kind of making it more of the preferred lane, and I don't really like. You well, know, that's how it was back in the day, though. Yeah, but. I feel like even though that was the preferred lane back in the day, you could still, you know, run the wall and stuff. And like, in like the Arca and the truck race, I mean, you couldn't even do that. Like everyone would just be like, all right, get to the bottom and then, you know, ride. I don't know. What I'm trying to say is I just, I just didn't like how they were trying to make the uh, preferred line, like artificial, obviously, you know, like, yeah, you, know we, yeah, you want I, it to be natural. Like it's Bristol, natural. just leave Bristol alone. It's beautiful the way it is. We don't need to put PJ one on it. But obviously, yeah. that wasn't an issue in the cup race. But. I mean, if I want to watch a fight for the bottom, 
at a short track, I'm going to watch Martinsville. Exactly. Oh, yeah. cannot wait. Cannot wait. Cannot wait. Cannot wait. I'm so excited. That's one of my favorite race weekends. Of the I'm year. just going there for the hot dogs. I'm eating like 12 of them. That's the plan. Yeah. But I mean, we saw the old Bristol really being uh, a factor this past weekend. And Kenny, like you said, you know, you don't like the artificialness of Bristol. You want it to be natural. But then again, I kind of disagree with you, but I also do agree with you. I want it to be natural. But if you don't have that resin down there, you got to have guys run the top and it's going to become a top fest. It's going to be like, it's going to, I'm trying to think of a track that I can compare it to, but it really isn't obviously. It's going to be like when they run the top at Daytona. Yeah, eh, I wouldn't say that. I would probably say like maybe like Darlington. You, you you literally cannot run the bottom of Darlington. You have to run the wall because it's practically one lane racetrack. Or like Kansas, yeah. for example, you run the wall at Kansas back in the day. That was the lane to be, you know. Yeah. But I get what you're saying with the whole artificialness of it. You want it to be natural, yes. But back in the day, that's what they did. You, you even in the Cup cars and everything, you could not run the top. You were always on the bottom. You fought for that bottom. And you literally use the bumper. I can't tell you how many times I saw the bumper being used this past weekend at Bristol. And it was so nice to see. Oh, yeah. Teammates hitting each other, friends hitting each other. It was awesome. It was a good time, man. Didn't yeah. matter who it was. I just needed to get to the bottom. Yeah, but the Xfinity race, mate, we may not get a finish like that for a very long time. You know, that was, that was something else. And I still can't believe the way it happened. And I think it's funny how Austin Sendrick went from being booed to five seconds later being cheered. <laughs> yeah, that was interesting. No one even... cheering or booing about. They yeah, I don't. I think they were just. On. I think they were just, you know, following along with what everyone else was doing. Yeah, was, yeah, exactly. Probably one guy actually knew what was going on. He started booing, and everyone else was following. Yeah, everyone was just following whatever that guy was doing. And then they heard him say "fans," and they're like, "Oh, we're the race fans!" Yeah. Yeah, but you know what, though? I like that Austin Sindrick has balls because he really does. If you really look at it, Austin Sindrick, look at how aggressive he is in the Xfinity series and look, oh, or like yeah. back then and look at him now. He's able to literally nail the last or, you know, nail the last nail in the coffin uh, when he needs to get it done. When he needs to get it done, he's on it. He has the money to do it and he is going to the bank with it. That is literally what he's doing. And he's cashing in with all these wins that he's putting on his resume. And him and A.J. Allmendinger, literally the two who battled it for the win this weekend, uh, granted it was a green-white checker, and Austin Sendrick was running away with it. Um, you know, it, it just goes to show you that these two are the candidates right now for this Xfinity, Xfinity Series championship. Obviously, the 22 car going to be vacant next year. We don't know. Making the assumption, possibly Matt Benedetto, maybe getting closed up. We don't know, you know. But we're going to make the assumption that it's just being closed right now due to no news. Uh, Austin Sergeant moving, is moving into the Cup Series next year, and he wants to win a championship. He wants to know that, to show up the Cup guys that he can do it, and he proved in the Cup Series recently from those road course races he's run that he can do it. And yeah. uh, what does A.J. Allmendinger have to lose? It's his, what, second full-time year in the Xfinity Series now, and next year he's going uh, Cup racing part-time a little bit, but he's going to be full-time, I think, again, and he just won the regular season championship by winning that race. And these are the two we're going to be looking at when we get to Phoenix, I think, still. I mean, Austin Sindrick is just an incredibly talented driver, like to the point where it's like crazy how good this guy is. I just really hope when he goes to the Cup Series, he doesn't turn into an Eric Jones or, or a Ricky Stenhouse where they have so much potential. Like they are literally like 
one of the best drivers out there, best drivers on the market, and how they become irrelevant. Yeah, I, and well, because I think he's going to be with Penske for a very long time, considering who his father is. Uh, I think he's got that number two locked up until he uh, he decides he doesn't want it anymore. Yeah, and and I just you know with with Austin Cindric, it's going back to what Jason said. You know, he obviously really wants another championship to to prove that you know he's still on the map and 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 still you know or is going to be one of the guys to watch in the cup series. And, you know, he did win the championship last year, but I feel like, you know, it was kind of overshadowed because, you know, you had Chase Briscoe in the series and he had dominated, you know, the entire season and came up short. I think he had like, like, I think he had like nine wins. Yeah, I know. And and I just feel like this year it's not Austin Cindric or it's not Chase Briscoe. Oh, and Austin Cindric. It's just Austin Cindric. Really. I think this is his year to, to prove that, you know, he's ready for the cup series. And yeah, I mean, I, if anything, he, you know, there's, I don't see how he won't go to Phoenix and just win the championship. I mean, he, AJ he, can, he won last year. If he can beat chase Briscoe with how good Briscoe was last year and how much momentum Briscoe had. I mean, it, AJ is a great driver, but I mean, that's, that's basically Austin's wheelhouse. If he can, you know, win it last year with how much, was on the line last year with all the guys he was, you know, racing against. So, yeah, um, he's I, he's gonna have to beat two people, I believe. It's AJ Allmendinger, who like like Jacob, I'm sorry, like Jason said, uh, what does he have to lose? I mean, this is AJ Allmendinger we're talking about. Yeah, he's yeah. gonna go in there and he's gonna you know, he's probably gonna make the final four too. Yeah, a, a guy that went from literally zero to hero too. I mean, he was exactly. in the Cup Series, got that win at the Glen, faded away. I mean, for Christ's sake, the guy was 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 kicked off Roger Penske's team in 2011 oh, yeah. because of the whole uh you know drug issue but obviously I believe I I'm not even going to get into the story but it, it wasn't like he was using something bad like heroin or at the time you know no it's not bad but you know marijuana or like you know Percocets or anything like that it was a dr- it was a drug that was prescribed to him for something and NASCAR didn't approve of it and that's why he was kicked out I believe at least that's what I think I could be wrong look up the story whatever I thought that was 2012 2012, 2011, whatever it was, whatever year it was. Because 2011 was when Kurt Busch was driving. Yeah, 2012, my bad. Okay. So, but yeah, he went from that (laughs) to getting back into the Cup Series with JTG, got that elusive win at, you know, Watkins Glen, uh, fell out of the Cup Series and started up broadcasting, picked up, you know, some rides here and there in the Xfinity Series with Cauley, got a few wins. And then he went full time, and now look at him, guys. AJ Allmendinger, we're talking about him right now. Five, ten years ago, I would or. uh, Five, six years ago, I would have told you that A.J. Allmendinger going and running in the Xfinity Series and having a chance to win a championship, I'd say that you're a fool. But he look at him now. won a cup race this season, too. Yeah, and he won a cup race. Yeah, oh, my God. Forget about the cup we race. can't forget about He won the inaugural Indianapolis road course race, and he did it. And not just like, oh, it was a fluke. I mean, give or take, it was a late race restart, but he beat for the, best Chase the best. You know? Yeah, I mean, that we is- it sucked. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, go ahead. No, no, no. I'm just saying that, you know, it sucks that Briscoe got involved, but, you know, the man is, is a man on a mission. Do not be surprised. Now, I, I, I'm pretty sure Justin Haley's going full-time in that colleague car right, next year, right? Correct. Yep. Now, if they do get a second charter, which I've been hearing they might, or maybe they have, I don't know. I, I get very distracted from NASCAR news sometimes if it's not huge, huge, huge news. But if I'm telling you, if that team – decides to maybe make their Xfinity program one car and they go two full-time in the cup series. I'm telling y'all 
Look out for A.J. Allmendinger to make a comeback in the Cup Series, and I would not be surprised if he picks up a win here and there and possibly be a threat in the future in the next maybe five years if he ends up going back there and becomes a championship favorite. I got to say, I think A.J. Allmendinger is the season's Xfinity Series championship favorite. All right, man. Hot take. is his competition. Hot take. There you go. You heard it right here from Colin Ward. The man says that A.J. Allmendinger is going to win championship. You know something, dude? I think so, too. I think that he's been a little bit more consistent than Austin Sindrick this season, quite frankly, and I agree with you. I think that Austin Sindrick is going to be the second-place driver in the championship at the end of the season. And heading into the playoffs, the driver that I think these two got to be afraid of is Noah Gregson. Mm. Lit up at the end of the regular. I was about to say that. Yeah, yeah he did light it up. He's, he's got momentum. He ran, he ran decent at Bristol. I mean, but... You know, he had I, issues though at the same time. Yeah, but but here's yep. the thing though, Kenny closed it out. He had damage. Kenny closed it out though is my thing because if you look Absolutely. back last year at Te- last year at Texas, man, literally choked it, literally choked yeah. the race, and then I he mean, goes he to Martinsville. Phoenix last season, yeah, too. and then he and then you go you go to uh, well, he wasn't even in the final four last year, was he? he no, but he he was leading at the white flag at Phoenix and got passed. Yeah, well, what's it called though? But they went to Martinsville and he had to win, and he finished like second to Harrison Burton. You know, he's uh, he's come along. He's a hit or miss driver. It's either he runs there and he's like there, or he wins, or he gets involved in something that's usually created by his own problems. Or it's exactly. Crazy. And what's Junior Motorsports speaks- has been that like that recently. I don't know what's up, but you know they gotta get their stuff together. What speaks to me is the fact that now he knows how to finish the deal. Now he's done it twice, yeah. twice in a row this season. He has momentum. He's always there. I mean, his first season, he he wrecked a lot. But notice, look down the top ten. He's always there. He's always in contention. Oh yeah, and yep. tremendously consistent. I mean, he locked up a spot in the playoffs. Like what three three weight races ago because of consistency. Oh yeah, other points going in. I mean, I think he's an obvious final he's like a denny hamlin in the xfinity series kind of exactly that that's a great way to put it i mean he's got the talent he just has to find a way to seal the deal i think if i'm aj or austin Cindric, i'm afraid of him because if he's in that final four at phoenix it comes down to one race points don't matter noah gregson at phoenix Oh, man, I don't know. I, I think I, I take Yeah, I, I just got to disagree with you right there. I still think it's going to be between <laughs> – I still think it's going to be between Allmendinger and Cindric. It's just they, I mean, they've been class of the field all season. You're right, but Noah Gregson's bumper is going to say something else. Yeah, I don't know about that. I mean, he's, he's more than willing. not afraid to stick yeah. that bumper oh, in Oh, I know. There he's not afraid to dump, dump him for the championship. I don't blame him. So. Hey, this is this is good. This, this is going to be a great championship. Oh, yeah. Xfinity series. I think it's going to be better than, than the Cup Series run, honestly. Yep. That's my that's my hot take there. Almost got a phone call going in. I can hear in the background. Yeah, it's it's. I got a Discord call coming in. Oh Ooh, my god! Want to add someone else into the? Uh... uh it's my cousin calling me. Someone wants to pay oh. play Apex Legends. Guys, we haven't even talked about the the most juicy part of this podcast yet. Well, before we get there, I wanted to say that someone that I think is just, a, you know, just he's chilling out. He's he's not really a dark horse, but I mean, if you want to put it like that, I don't know. You got to You got to You can't forget about Justin Allgaier, man. 
Yeah, I mean, I, mean, I was very, actually going to say he's I very the final four is going to be Sindrick, Almendinger, Gregson, and then Allgaier. Yeah, I mean, Allgaier, you know, he, he hasn't had the best year, but, you know, he's he's a veteran in this stuff. You know, I truly think Allgaier is one that you can't you can't forget about. I mean, he's not – I don't believe he's the favorite, but, you know, he's always, you know, there. So, I mean, you know, we'll see. But I, I wouldn't count out all guy either. I wouldn't count him out either, especially if you have no – Or Greg- Justin Haley. I mean, Justin, Justin Haley. If, if you have Gregson, Sindrick, and Almond, I'm not saying obviously – obviously we haven't even – we haven't even started the playoffs yet. But if it yep. was Gregson, Almondinger, Sindrick, and Allgaier, I could see – the 16, 22, and 9 getting packed up into the wall going three wide, all of them crash, and Allgaier wins because we have three drivers here that are extremely aggressive. And it's oh, yeah. weekend when they crashed across the line doing the 16. It shows they're yep. very, very aggressive and will do anything to win, and it will lead to crashes. Yep. Oh, yeah. Well, guys, uh, speaking of crashes and guys using the bumper this weekend, we had two of the biggest names in the Cup Series. Obviously, everybody knows the story. Chase Elliott versus Kevin Harvick. Never thought I would have said those two guys going at it, but supposedly, according to uh, the two drivers and the reports I've heard, this isn't just something that happened this past weekend. This has supposedly been boiling over the last two to three weeks I've, I've been hearing. Um, between run-ins with each other on restarts and just races in general. Um, obviously, everybody knows what happened. Uh, you know, Kevin Harvick got up into Chase Elliott, cut down his uh, left front tire, I believe it was. Chase Elliott pit, went three laps down, went back out, held up the four car, and Larson was able to get by and held off Harvick for the win in the last few closing laps of the race. And the two after the race went to pit road, little bit of shoving, uh, some harsh words exchanged between the two, went back to the garage, talked there. Press was bothering them, left to go into the Napa Auto Parts hauler and talked there. Uh, we have not heard anything since, I believe, uh, less post-race interviews in the media center, but I have not heard anything of them. Um, it was definitely an interesting one, guys. Cannot believe I'm saying those two names are going at it. You have the old veteran who is literally known as the closer and probably one of the most furious guys when it comes down to not being happy. They want to call him happy Harvick, but he was not so happy on Saturday night. And, (laughs) and I mean, I don't blame him, but you know, Chase Elliott, same with him. He goes to show you Chase Elliott, you know, he might be one. I'm sorry, Chase Elliott fans. He may be like one of the most vanilla drivers out there, but on Saturday, he really showed that if you piss him off, he ain't, he's not afraid to do stuff. I mean, the man almost ran into him on a backstretch. So, Um, guys, uh, Kenny, you're our guest, so I'm gonna start with you. Uh, you have the floor. Uh, I'm gonna we're it's just our one question on our uh topic thread. Um, who's at fault, and and what do you think of it? Well, you know, you know, I I I was on actually Chase Elliott's side, which means it was Harvick's fault once when it happened, and and you know, I feel like. Um, you know, Harvick got down into the corner and just and and slipped up, and obviously, you know, hit Elliott, and that caused him to blow his tire, and obviously, and his chances at winning. But you know, I just I, I looked 
back at it and, you know, took a few days and, and read about a few things and just, I've just come to the, um, just realization. I just think it was hard racing at the end of the day. I think, um, you know, they were, they both, like you said, have been having issues over the past few weeks and, you know, that there was just them. Ironically, they were the two that were racing for the lead and, and got into it. Um, but I don't really, I don't think I can choose a side here, especially just, you know, you see like all the memes or whatnot of what they've both done in the, in the past few years. It's, I feel like they're both at fault in a sense of what they were talking about. Um, I don't, I don't think that, you know, Kevin did it intentionally. Um, and I think, uh, he, you know, Kevin Harvick, um, in my opinion, is one of the cleanest drivers, I mean, out there right now. I mean, he always races you as hard as he can. You don't ever see Harvick, you know, wrecking people or, or, or doing anything like that. I mean, he's a, he's a hard racer. So I don't think it was, it was, it was really anyone's fault. It was just hard racing. I mean, they were passing a lap car and, and he just, you know, went in there, little wheel hop, slipped up and hit Elliot. And unfortunately, you know, we saw a lot of, of cut tires this weekend through all the series when, when you'd get doored, I mean, it, it's just one, one door and it cuts the left front or left rear. So, I mean, unfortunately that's what happened, but I can't really choose a side. I think they're both at fault. It was just hard racing and that's my pick for it. Or, or that's my uh, uh, opinion on it. So. I think you got a pretty good one right there, dog. I mean, we, me and you, yeah, Kyle, me and Kenny were both in a discord call. We were watching the end of the race together and, Kenny was we originally on Chase Elliott. Me and him were honestly probably throwing virtual haymakers at each other when it came to our opinions. Yeah. I was really pissed. We were going Kenny at it. Really, yeah, it was pretty bad. But, I mean, we've both pretty much came to the same conclusion. Kyle, I want to ask you your side. What do you take about the uh, Elliott versus Harvick situations past weekend in Bristol? All right, so before I go into, into my opinion here, I just want to lay it out there that if I had to pick – these are my two least favorite drivers in the series. If I had to pick, if I had to be biased, I hate both of these guys. I want them to wreck each other every week. But with that said, remember like 10 years ago when Kyle Busch and Ron Hornaday were racing at Texas and they were passing a lap car and they got into each other because it got really tight passing that lap car and it got up into the wall and Kyle Busch got really mad and he wrecked Ron Hornaday under clutch. We all remember that, right? Oh, yeah. We talked about that a couple weeks ago on the pod. Oh, we did. We did. I think we just talked about it last week. Yeah, we did. And everybody was like, oh, Kyle Busch had absolutely no reason to be that mad, which obviously wrecking somebody under caution is is not not right. He was, he was not right in that in that scenario. Nobody could say he was right. I know Kyle Busch even knows that he he was not right in that situation. Um, but the reason that he was mad is the same exact reason why Chase Elliott was mad. They were passing a lapped car. They, they made contact passing that lapped car, and it ended up with them hitting the wall. So typically the people who, who say, oh, well, Kyle Busch had no reason to be mad at Ron Hornaday that day. Yeah, they're the same one saying, oh, Chase Elliott should go wreck Harvick and put him in the wall and, and slap him in his face and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, so in this situation, I agree with you, Kenny. I think it was just really hard racing and you can't really put anyone at fault. But when it comes down to Chase Elliott, you know, smacking Harvick and holding, allowing his teammate to win, basically, 
I, I think that was just so dumb and so wrong and on, on so many levels. I mean, not only did you ruin Harvick's chance of winning by holding him up, you allowed your teammate to win, who is the best driver of the season. And why would you want him to win another race and just gain more points over you? It makes absolutely no sense. There's no teammates in the playoffs. So where I stand on the contact, it was racing. Where I stand on Elliot holding up Harvick and being a little punk, I, I don't think that's right at all. He had no reason to do that. They were racing hard. They were passing a lap car. Harvick didn't do it on purpose. And Elliot threw a little hissy fit. Yeah. Period. Yeah. And, you know, with, with you know, Chase Elliott, I just feel like, you know, in the past year, you got to think about with Chase Elliott. Obviously, he won the championship, and he probably thinks that, in a sense, he's king shit on the track. So, you know, he's going to, I feel like, in the heat of the moment, you know, he thought that it was a good idea, you know, hold up Harvick. Um, obviously, he's the most popular driver in the series. So he ain't going to get any booze for it. Um, I think he has, he had the advantage. He has an advantage, honestly, when it comes to uh, having issues with a driver or drivers. So um, yeah, I agree. It, it was wrong. I don't know why he did it. Um, now, well, of, course, of course, when you're in the driver's seat, you don't see what we see on TV. So I'm sure that that in Elliot's, you know, little brain, he he thought that, you know, Harvick put him in the wall. But at the same time, Elliot was the one pinching Harvick down there anyway. And Harvick couldn't make the corner because he was being pinched by Chase. Yeah, and, you know, he was being pinched because of that lap car. That's where it just goes back to the race incident. I mean, and exactly. I was going to say. It just, yeah, it's just free of it's, a racing accident. And it sucks because I feel like, you know, it was going to be a great damn race if it didn't happen. Um, but I feel like I think, you know, this is just for all drivers. I feel like what we can learn from it is that you need to keep yourself cool behind the wheel and just wait. I feel until the end of the race, you could see replay and, and see what happened. And because, you know, it, it wasn't Harvick's fault, obviously it was the racing incident. So, and, you know, heat of the moment, they're not even going to tell Chase if it was Harvick's fault or not. Oh, yeah. They're just going to, you know, Chase is probably screaming on the radio, hot-headed, pissed off. And, oh, he was. You know, oh, yeah. you should have heard Radioactive. Oh, he was – I don't think I've ever heard Chase I cuss so much in yeah, a and, single span of 20 seconds. Yeah. Uh, and, he and, must have said fuck at least six times. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and, and I don't blame him. I, mean, I haven't heard it. I got to listen to it. Yeah, same here. I was telling Jason about this, you know, when I was on Elliot's side, <laughs> uh, post-race. You know, obviously, they just raced for four hours, three and a half hours. They, it's Bristol, you're, it's grueling, and, and you're, you're, you know, you're driving your ass off with 20 to go, and you get wrecked and pop a tire. That's frustrating. I understand it. But, you know, yeah, you shouldn't hold guys up. It's not the right thing to do. Especially to let your teammate win, who's just going to get so many points over you. Well, so many points, and you know, I feel like in the past few weeks, Larson's kind of died down. Some people are saying he peaked too early. There's no reason to give someone that good momentum again because exactly I held up or not. I disagree with that so much with what everybody's saying. What you just said, Kenny. 
Okay. With what? That five car did not ever reach a peak. He is still at his peak. Well, what I'm well, that, well, what I'm saying. That's what. That's what, what I'm saying. Yeah, I know. I get what you're saying. I'm just saying that if people are saying that, they are blind. Kyle Larson could go out here. Kyle Larson. I listen. I'm sorry. We've all seen these playoff situations and stuff like that. I mean, I'm going to give my take about the situation here in a second, but you know, the, the five car has had so much momentum this season. I don't think I've ever seen this format have somebody where everybody's like, this is the guy. I mean, but then again, I'm look at Kevin Harvick last year. He had more wins than Kyle exactly. Larson does right now. So I don't know. We'll have to see, but, but what, what, you know, what Kenny said is, 100% true. Why give him another win? Why give him the momentum? And I bet if that was like the 18 car in, in second place, he wouldn't have held him up that much to allow the oh, yeah. race. I think Chase Elliott might have went and wrecked him. I'm not going to lie. If it wasn't his teammate battle for the win, I don't know. Well, that's the thing that I, that's also you know, he got new tires. He came out. He took a little swerve at Harvick. He missed him somehow, but he took a little swerve at him. And that's that. He should have called it from there and, and you know, new tires, obviously. He should have drove around and at least called, you know, you know, drove half a track by Harvick. And that would have been that. He shouldn't have sat there and waited. And I don't know. Yeah, well, I mean, he did I it disagree with that. He wanted, he wanted Hendrick to win. And I, I just – I love that there's teams in this sport. And I love that, you know, there's situations like the whole – like the colleague story – when they, when they, you know, run a Daytona and Talladega together and they get out and they all celebrate the win. That's awesome to see. But when you're in the playoffs and you're battling your teammates, no teammates, there are absolutely no teammates in the playoffs. You, you cannot just pull over and let your teammate win. Chase Elliott's going to regret that Absolutely win. Come, come well, I feel like, I feel like there's a lot of things that like people can bring up, like, you know, teammates in the playoffs. Well, I want to go to, I don't want to get off the topic of Harvick and Elliott, but you know, the truck race and John Hunter and Chandler, right. That was all teamwork. I feel like, I feel like yeah, yeah. When, Hunt, when John got the lead, he like, he didn't slip up on accident. I feel like it's John Hunter Nemechek. He's won how many races this year? He's extremely, you know, talented, uh, talented and, and he, I wouldn't say a veteran, but he he's in the truck series after being in the cup series. He, he's like close he, enough to it. He knows what he's doing. I feel like, you know, you go to that trucks are in the playoffs, <clears throat> you know, it's, you have that, right? So, and then you have like a few years ago uh, in the, um, it was Talladega and you had Stuart Haas in the playoffs and all four of them ran up front, all, you know, race and they were working together. Like, I feel like, one thing that like is like ignored that I feel like is not fair is yeah, you can be teammates at a plate track, but not anywhere else. If that makes sense, you know? Yeah. I no, like, that agree. makes perfect sense. Like you, if you're going to, you know, work together, let each other in on restarts, this, that at plate tracks, then there shouldn't be any complaints about it happening, you know, teamwork happening anywhere else, you know? Because I think a lot of the talk was, you know, the the teamwork. You know, he was he was he's holding up Harvick and for Larson to win and all this and that. And there shouldn't be, like you're saying, Colin, team teamwork in the playoffs. But I feel it's like it's just odd. It, it's just it's, it's just not right. 
it's I mean, not right, but I feel like it's just how it is. Like, yeah, that's the point. Team orders and stuff, manufacturers. Orders, yeah, I, mean, I don't care what team orders. I mean, are. you if, see team if orders and the... tell me to let my teammate in or win or or let my teammate advance in the playoffs. Yeah, I'm... you want to be better than them. I'm not yeah. racing to your team. You don't want to see them succeed. You don't want to see them succeed because that's now watch Chase Elliott eventually possibly regret that. Like, watch Chase Elliott make it to Martinsville and he need and he like you know you know Harvick got knocked out you know by something but like let's just say like the five car has a shitty round of uh you know round of 12 but he still makes it in chase elliott's gonna sit here and possibly regret larson winning that race he'll be like oh yeah well damn you know yeah. like well damn like he still has a shot yeah, because i feel like if it was any other it's a hendrick bigger cushion driver, heading into the round of 12 is what I'm if it was say. if it was any other hendrick and don't like I don't know how to say this, but if it was any other Hendrick driver, maybe it would have been like less bad or something. I don't know because it's just like I said, you give Larson that momentum and everything. Larson's your guy to beat for the title, Chase. You know, like that's that's his competition. I feel like there's really like there's other drivers, but it, I I feel I felt like or we've been feeling since Larson blew up this season that it was going to be Larson and Elliott, you know, dueling it out at Phoenix. I mean, that's what we were all thinking. So I, I just team orders. Yeah. But I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I think but, at this point, I, I think based off how the season's been going, Elliott's going to be lucky if he makes it to the final four. And that's yeah, pretty thing. much. He's no, he's nowhere near as strong as he was. He's mediocre season. this season. And he's honestly mediocre in general. Yeah, I mean, he. Sure, I say that because I dislike him. I dislike his fan base. I dislike him as a person, as a driver. Um, but I mean, the stats are there. I mean, yeah. he's I a good realistic driver. Realistically, yeah. he has one legitimate win this season. I don't like to say that wins are not legitimate, but when you call a race uh, for rain, when it's been raining, Mickey Mouse, because your <laughs> your pretty boy is in the lead, and you give you just hand him the win. That's not a real win. And yeah. you can fight me on that. He, he had to pick. He had to pit. He had to pit. They waited until Kyle Bush pitted and then threw the caution. I mean, yeah. I mean, pretty much. I, 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 I promise you, I literally remember them saying the nine car still has to pit. You know, it's crazy. That reminds me of when, um, when Justin Haley won the Coke Zero 400 and they, I don't know if they waited for Kurt Bush to pit, but Kurt Bush pit and then they waved the green off and, and, and yeah. brought him down pit yeah. road. Like that's bullshit. I just I, one thing I will never forget from that race is when they threw that caution and they had Jeff Gordon in the booth saying, "I can't see them going back green. I just can't see it. It's possible. They're not going to do it. They're not going mean, to do shit, it." They, they couldn't even see. The <laughs> they I mean, couldn't even you, see. Yeah, but you couldn't make it any more obvious. I mean, you've been doing yeah. it all. Day. What? What's an extra? How many more laps were there? Yeah, they they, they could have kept going. They gave him the win. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, and, and going back, to, you know, going back to Chase being mediocre, it's like, yeah, like you know, he's a good road course driver. He clutched up at Martinsville last year. He had year, two but, really good races last season. I'll yeah, give him. he did amazing. I mean, I'm, but again, I don't want to discredit him because he is a champion. But 
how how legal was that car not legal at all i'm sure well i think my issue with chase elliott or just the 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 issue like the mindset of when you think of chase elliott is i don't think of him as a cup champion i don't think he's done enough to be a champion you know no me either and that's that's i think is one of the issues with the final four you know system is you got guys that win it and win the title like when chase won last year i'm like and we started this year it's like chase elliott is a cup champion like i don't know man he's not really matt crafton uh, yeah but matt crafton has won before so yeah I mean, but I, that one bullshit, championship but, i mean that one championship though didn't want a damn race all season it was just all consistency and just being there in the right place wrong right time he won at yeah at homestead he didn't even win the damn race you know? Yeah, but I mean, even if you put that aside, I, mean, I think that's away, pretty cool. I mean, it, it, it's cool. Season. It's cool, but when you look at it, it's like the best guy on the track didn't win the race. Or not I mean, the that's race. what I like about the playoffs. You got to be clutch, and well, you you got to be clutch, clutch. But I mean, if you if we sit here and take away that title from Matt Crafton, he's still one of the best. Oh yeah, absolutely. Ever. I mean, I mean now so he's, I don't not, really care. he's not as good, but you know, it's still winning in. But you know, I mean, back to the whole Elliot, you know, versus Harvick thing. Um, I guess I'll basically just say what I thought real quick and then we'll move on. Um, you know, I, I you know, actually, you know, I'm not even going to give my topic. I'm I, or what happened because it's basically just a whole rundown. Uh, my yeah, opinion, say, I think we hit every single, yeah, we basically hit every nail on the head. Teddy basically stole the exact <laughs> words out of my mouth. Um, basically, Thanks. my initial thought is that Harvick oh, literally, what, what can he do? They were literally entering, there was a lap car there, and the four got loose. And, and here's what I want to point out that I don't think anybody saw. It goes to show you how much Chase Elliott was driving like a jackass right there because he got into the back of Josh Balicki and almost right-hooked him into the wall in the back straightaway when they were passing him. Remember that? I don't know if anybody saw that, but if you look really closely, the nine car got into the 52 because the four used him as a pick. So the nine basically uh-huh. set himself up for the four getting arrow loose right there into the corner because of how awkward the entry was in the three. And the four slipped up, and it is what it is. Harvick almost turned the five, too. I don't know. I think that Harvick was so mad with Elliott, and when he saw that the five got by him, I think Harvick tried to right-hook the five into the wall off four. I think he did, too. Or whatever it was. You know, but when you look at it at the end of the day, they're both fucking hypocrites. Kevin Harvick has been in this position before. He literally wrecked Kyle Busch last year to try to get into the round, but that's different, though. I'm not exactly going to compare it. The man needed one position to get into the playoffs or into the final four. He was one spot short, one spot too short there coming off four and spun himself out. And Kyle Busch kept it going. What a wheel, man. Um, but, you know, my point is, is that Kevin Harvick's done this in the past. He's, he's turned Joey Logano at, at Pocono for a position for a late race caution. Uh, he, he did sure that. Did. He did that to Kyle, uh, Kyle Busch last year at Martinsville. And he's done it before. And Chase Elliott, Literally, literally the exact same thing, but worse happened last year at the spring Bristol race. The man literally dove it in on Joey Logano and got loose and slid up into him. He has right. done that multiple times, and, and I'm sorry, but it's the truth. And I'm not saying this because I don't like Chase Elliott. The man is just aggressive when he doesn't need to be, and I think that if it's not, if it doesn't come out on his side, I think he throws a hissy fit in his head. And sometimes when it comes to the media, because he has this backing by the fan base, and the fans look at it as if it's Chase Elliott. It's our savior. It's the same thing with how fucking Dale Jr. was back in the day. Dale Jr. was never wrong, you know? And now that Chase Elliott's practically the new Dale Jr. of the Cup Series with the fan favorite, who will end up probably, as the years come, probably going to outrun Dale Jr.'s, you know, uh, most popular driver award. 
And Bill Elliott, for Christ's sake, took his most popular driver ballot off the ballot years ago because he wanted somebody else to win it. And he probably would be beaten junior, you know. But my point is, is that it's two guys at the end of the day who are going at it and they didn't give each other enough room. They were so aggressive that they had it happen to themselves. And they're both hypocrites. It's racing. I don't agree with the nine going out there and waiting on the four for Christ's sake. That's a little childish. I'm sorry, you know. And the whole team orders thing, guys, you guys hit it on the head. You know, I chimed in on it. But at the end of the day, it's just hard racing. There's nothing you could do. It's for a win at the Bristol Night Race, one of our biggest races of the year. You know, you're racing for 500 laps, 500 miles, you know, pretty much. You know, whatever it is. It's called the Bass Pro Shops NRA Night Race. Now, it doesn't even have a mile length in the name. It's just 500 laps, and it's called the Bass Pro Shops NRA Night Race or whatever. You know, it's one of our biggest races of the year. And to win at Bristol means a lot to some of these drivers, you know. Kevin Harvick's won at Bristol, so is Chase Elliott, but they wanted it to be special, you know, like that. I mean, Chase Elliott won the All-Star race last year. He has a sword. Kevin Harvick's got one, too, from 2016, you know. But these guys are battling for the win. At the end of the day, they're just hypocrites who are racing hard, you know, and they were just wrong place, wrong time, and one threw a fit, and one decided to run his mouth. So, yep. It is what it is, but, you know, uh, future retaliation, possibly. Um Need uh, let's just give let's just give one word so then we can move on to the next topic. Um, I just want to know out of our three, uh, out of me, Kenny, and you, Colin. Um, Kenny, I'll go with you first. Is this needed for the sport? Yes or no? Was this needed? Yes, because you know I feel like the past few years, um, especially with this playoff system, the intensity levels up in the in the last few races of the playoffs you know this is just the end of round one we got how many races left seven seven races left. yeah we have these three races and then the next three races and then Phoenix. we have seven races left we got a road course we got a super speedway we got a short like all every type of track that you that you would want is left and you already got a rivalry it's perfect for the sport it just raises the intensity and you can almost feel the intensity through the TV. And that was without what happened. I mean, that was before what happened, you know, Saturday night. So I think it, it's great for the sport. And like Colin said earlier, I mean, Kevin Harvick and Chase Elliott, screw them. Let them fight each other every week. I don't care. They can have fun. <laughs> so, Colin, yes, good yourself? for the sport. What do you think? Good for the Keep sport? Keep it going. The only thing that's not good for the sport is they need to remove the pit crew from pit lane after the race so they can punch each other. Yes. Then I'll be happy. I was just going to say, Kenny, I agree with you 100%. My answer is yes. Uh, But as soon as it almost got slightly physical, there were guys jumping in. And, I mean, the only thing that I was disappointed about was that they didn't actually fight. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, it had the opportunity to. They're grown men, and it's NASCAR. Let them fight. Like, golly. He had a, he had a big old pit crew guy holding back uh, a Chase Elliott pit guy holding off Kevin Harvick. Like, if I was Harvick, I would have backhanded him be like, bro, get off of me. You know? Yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah. they were going to fight during that one moment. And that's what I'm oh, saying. Yeah, yeah. Har- Harvick was saying. like – Chase was Elliott was a bitch and grabbed him. him. I mean, listen, Harvick Give him had 30 seconds. Off. Harvick Give had him. his helmet on. Yeah, they should have a 30-second 30, <laughs> rule. <laughs> Give him 30 they seconds and it's over. And then it's over. Yeah, don't mind my dog barking in the background, oh, by the way, because he just barks it. Oh, yeah, well, Falcon. you'll hear him. You'll hear Falcon occasionally, but yeah, there he goes right there. We love that but, doggy. Yeah, 
But anyways, um, yeah, I mean, Harvick still had his helmet on, obviously. And, you know, people could say that. But then, yet again, Jeff Gordon literally went up to Matt Kenneth in 2006 and literally pushed him with his helmet on. So I really don't want to hear it. I'm sorry. Who cares if they have their helmet on? Um, yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't really care. I, I don't want to get punched in the face either. I, I don't, I don't even. Face. Well, the, I think the, the thing is, is they don't even let them fight anymore anyway. So who gives a shit if they have a helmet on? They can't even get close to each other. What's gonna happen? You know. You're, you're right. Maybe he had his helmet on because. No, if they let him fight, then yes, he should take his helmet off, his gloves off, and then we can see a fight. But you know, they never let him get close. Yeah, well, Elliot, Elliot grabs his helmet and then Harvick pushed him. Was like, hey man, you better fucking stop. I don't you know what? You, we, you don't touch we, me. You don't touch. You don't lay a finger on me, or else you're gonna get your ass handed to. We needed Kevin yeah. Harvick's clone to go to Chase Elliott and just push him closer, so they could just, you know, so Harvick could go <laughs> in and grab the collar, and then it'll be on exactly from there. What you're talking about. Yeah, old Texas style. That's yeah. what we needed. But well, so Colin, do you think? Just short answer, yes or no? Do you think this was needed for the sport? Yes. All right. This is- Sorry, I, I'm I'm rambling. My bad. Nah, man, you're good. You're totally good. This is what we want. We want to be able to talk. It's nice to have a third person on here, you know. Um, but for me, yes, absolutely. Uh, like Kenny said, he hit the nail on the head. This is exactly what the playoffs needed. This is supposed to be a thing that's at the end of the playoffs, not literally in the fucking middle of round one. Yeah. You know, this is crazy. I mean, give or take, we just had three fantastic classic NASCAR tracks. We had Darlington, we had Richmond, and Bristol. Three of our best tracks, and, you know, I mean, Richmond was a snoozer, but, you know, still three old tracks that have been in the game for a long time. And they were intense, whether it came to strategy, uh, you know, drivers, fisticuffs, whatever, you know, et cetera. It's round one. We have, this weekend, we have Las Vegas, a race that Kurt Busch won last year and was insane at the end of the race. Uh, Then we have Talladega the biggest wild card of the year by far. Last year's race was a shit show. We all know how that was crazy. I, I want that WL line removed on the last lap is what it is, but that's a topic of yeah. discussion, but you know, and then we have the Charlotte Roble, which is kind of a wild card, but you still have those favorites. And then you have the final round. You have cookie Carter, worst track on the schedule, Texas. Um, you have that track. What other track is there? Uh, Kansas, which is another mile and a half, but, but last year it was a good race. Um, and then you have, and this, even this year was a good race. And then uh, you have Martinsville, one of the most chaotic and probably one of the best races of the season we'll have. And then you have a championship round. Uh, it's early to have it, but this is, this is what we need. We need these storylines. We want people, this sport was literally built on a single fight in the Daytona infield in 1979. This is exactly what we need. Now, I don't like drivers getting hurt and shit like that. But you know, let them let men settle it like men. I love. I actually, that's an interesting idea. I love the thirty second clock idea. Give them thirty seconds that's- to brawl, and then you get police and crew members on there. Yeah, yeah. I, I but, agree. But whoever the fuck throws a punch out of the crew members, your job is to stop your driver. You don't start throwing haymakers at random ass fucking crew members. That's just dumb. Like they did in two thousand and fourteen with Brad Keselowski and Gordon, and then with Hamlin and Pagano in twenty nineteen and Mark. Yeah, we don't need that shit. You well, know, Hamlin and Logano, it, it's just frustrating when, you know, the biggest frustrating thing also in, in fights is when one guy, like, gets a lick and then the driver that got hit or something or pushed, like, when Hamlin got pushed by Logano, they go back because, you know, that's when it's on, and then the crew the crew member grabs him. 
Like, yeah, I, yeah. I'd, I'd be pissed, man. I would just turn around and fight the pit yeah, crew. Yeah, like your job is to get them separated, not to throw them on the ground. Like, you're fucking dumb. And not only that, but it wasn't even his own driver. I'm pretty sure that guy actually got suspended for doing that. He got a big fine. Yeah, but, um, it's just... I, I understand. We all agree on the same thing. Let the guys fight. 30-second clock is interesting. Might want to bring that up to NASCAR. Maybe give them I just want to add this. NASCAR loves to promote the fact, like you just said, Jason, our sport was literally built on a single fight. Yet whenever there's an opportunity for a fight, they're like, nah, 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 nah. Yep. I hold them back. Yep. We can't fight. Like we can't hold it back. Hold it like, back. Like you love to promote the fact that it's a fight. I mean, every commercial I've ever seen for NASCAR fight in there. Give like, NASCAR officials a stopwatch. Give NASCAR but officials like, a stopwatch at all times in case there's a fight, and then let them clock it. Make it thirty seconds. Let them do what they got to do, and then the second you hit thirty, you get you get on their asses, you get crew members, and you get them off each other. They had their fight. They had their moment to shine and show who the hell was boss, man to man, whoever it is, Facts. and brawl. You know, what are the rules in hockey? Because I know that they let you fight in hockey. Let's just take those rules. I have no play. idea. I have no I idea. I think the rules in hockey is once one is on the ground or the the ice. Yeah, I have no. I couldn't tell it's you. Done I, I, don't watch, I, don't watch I think it's going to make these guys tougher and you know give them a little more personality to let them actually fight. Yeah, I want to see Chase Light with a black guy. <laughs> Me too. Look. I mean, literally, someone rolling up. I mean, I could see that right now. Walking I mean, right at Las Vegas, and he's walking around with a blackout. Dude, his ass kicked. And I mean, and that's the that's thing, like stereotype to be like, oh, rednecks running around racing cars and beating the shit out of each other. Like, might as well fucking roll with it then. But you know and what though? I kind of understand though. I because people understand, love watching though. people beat the shit out of each other for some reason. Yeah, so but- I feel like that attract more people. I'm going to pause you right there, but here's why I think, okay. And I'm going to leave it on this because we got to jump to the next topic, which is Vegas preview. But I will say this. I could see why they don't want it. Cause you got to understand this is a family sport. This is not, this is not the MMA. This is not the UFC. This is not boxing. This is supposed to be a family sport where guys go out at watch hard it's an entertainment business. Yes. We are not the MMA. We are not the UFC. We are not boxing. We are not a pay-per-view on HBO. Okay, yeah, but brothers fight all the game. little brothers fight all the time. Who cares? Yeah, yeah I know, I mean, but I but know. not like you don't want to see somebody <laughs> yeah, get punched in the face. The next thing you know, their nose fucking explodes. It's a know? family sport, but I mean, you're racing cars at 200 miles an hour. Like this is dangerous. Oh you're yeah, example yeah. to begin with. I just feel like they. I think with NASCAR, they promote it as a family sport, and then one minute they'll turn around and promote it as oh they're gonna fight each other and all this stuff. So they just they need to draw the line. We need a boxing ring in the middle of every speedway. And then when people are mad, okay, whatever. All right, next topic. Jason's muted. Jason's muted. Yes, yes. Sorry, I had to go take care of the dog. He kept barking. He barks at random things. Anyways, so next subject. Uh, Vegas is this weekend. It's the first race of the next round. A fresh new round, round of 12. 12 guys are left. Um, we didn't talk about the drivers who were eliminated, um, but it was Eric Almarola, right? Tyler Reddick, uh, Michael McDowell, and who else? Uh, Byron. No, not Byron. No, no, not Byron. It was uh, – oh, it was Kurt Busch. Can't believe that. Yeah, oh, that my sucked. gosh. That, that's one thing I wanted to bring up tonight. Oh, yeah. It was, yeah, it was freaking Bush. That, yeah. That is well, painful to me. I really wanted to see Kurt make it to the yeah. final four. I but, think this was 
year, man. But yeah, but well, like I said, we had those four drivers eliminated. Twelve drivers are left. Next eight, then a final four. So, anyways, yeah, all, excuse me. All the all the Hendrick drivers made it. Yeah, I know, right? So, they anyways, were the cut line. One third of the guys left are Hendrick guys. I know. Damn, I didn't even I didn't even pay attention to that. So we need thought, a Hendrick final four. So, so thoughts on Las Vegas. It's a somewhat of a cookie cutter track. We're going back to a track also where Kyle Larson could lock himself into the round of eight after performing just a dominant show uh, this past uh, spring at Vegas. Uh, went out and dominated. And David Land said it best. Let the reign of Kyle Larson begin. And sure enough, that did. The guy's got six wins now this season, guys. Kyle Larson. Could be a man on the mission tonight, or uh, not tonight, uh, this this weekend. You know, a lot of guys see this as an opportunity, too. It's going to be strategy, and, you know, everybody's really going to be on their game. This is what you want to see. You know, it's it's not the package we'll be running for the championship. It's not Martinsville. It's not Phoenix. But it's it's our basic aero package, and a lot of guys, this is where they're going to be able to show that. You know, we have three more tracks with the 550 package, you know, this year. We have this pa- this weekend coming up in Vegas. We have Texas and then Kansas, both back-to-back races in the round of eight. So do we see Kyle Larson going out here and possibly, you know, getting – sweeping the Vegas race weekends this year? Not possibly. It, it, it's going to happen. Mm. We, will, we will see about that. But um, anyways, we have fantasy now. It is fantasy time. Uh, Kenny does not have the fantasy lineup. But we will give our info, or uh, we will give out our starters, and then talk about race picks here and there. So, Colin, if you would like to give out your starters for people playing NASCAR Fantasy Live this race weekend coming up at Las Vegas, uh, the floor is yours. So, give us your five starters and your garage pick. Kenny, if if you want to do something there in this segment, you want to give me a drum roll. Beautiful. Okay, guys, here we are. Fantasy. Uh, like I said before, Kyle Larson, he's going to win. Uh, I don't think there's really much getting around that. So he is starter number one. That is obvious. Uh, then it gets interesting. Here we go. Uh-oh. Ryan Blaney is my second starter this weekend. I think he Yeah, is, I mean, that's a, that's a good pick. That's a good I pick. He, he wanted Lana, man. Yeah, yeah. He, he is probably the top Penske car right now. I think he's an actual legitimate contender for the championship. Uh, Penske is usually good at these uh, half-mile tracks. So, yeah, I, I think Ryan Blaney is definitely going to have something to say about this race this weekend. Uh, and then my third starter, going with another Penske car, going Joey Logano. Uh, Logano, again, another one of those drivers who's really good at these one-and-a-half-mile tracks, very good at Las Vegas, has a few wins there. Uh, yeah, I think I think Logano is also going to be good. I think it's going to be a good night for Ford. I know that uh, – Hendrick's kind of been, you know, the top dog when it comes to some of these tracks, like these one and a half mile tracks with, you know, Kyle Larson. Um, I know William Byron won at Homestead. But man, look out for these Fords in the playoffs. I mean, they, they've been doing pretty well so far, especially Ryan Blaney. Joey Logano has been good. And then another guy who I was hesitant to put him in the lineup, but I got a lot of picks for him. Putting Kevin Harvick in the lineup, pick number four. Going with Kevin Harvick. I uh, I mean, of course, it's it's Kevin one Harvick. of his best racetracks. Exactly. It's Kevin Harvick at Las Vegas. You really can't go wrong. Um, I think he's going to go up there. He's going to get some points. And I think he needs a good run. 
in this race if he wants to make the uh, the next round? Because I know he's he's in a bit of a hole. You know where where is he seated right now? Uh, let me look he's at the stands. He is yeah, currently he's, he's if 12. if the round ended today, he would literally be dead last. He is twelve yeah, points after the cutoff, dead last, right at the bottom of the C in the twelfth spot in the round of twelve. And look, he he does not know how to turn right, so the roval is probably not going to be very good. And Talladega, it could either be a win or he could finish dead last. So he needs, not even want, he needs a good run at Las Vegas. Wait, who does? Harvick. Harvick. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Harvick. So hey, that's I mean, why he's my fourth pick. I think he's going to go up there. He's going to get some points. Um, and my last of the starters is going to be Martin Truex Jr. Uh, momentum. I mean, he at uh what was it richmond yep yep what was that richmond yep yeah yeah he won at richmond uh lighting it up in the playoffs just like i feel like most of the cars are doing right now um you know minus the last 50 laps of the bristol race when they all seem to have problems um but besides that they, they they're lighting it up in the playoffs they're doing well um i think all the good drivers are going to do pretty decent but uh martin tricks jr is probably going to be the top dog of those four drivers at Las Vegas, I could see him going up there and easily getting a top five, uh, typically either wins or gets top five at the one and a half mile tracks. Um, so yeah, Martin Truex Jr., my pick, uh, last of my starters. Now that dreaded garage pick, as Jason would say, I actually didn't move my garage pick this week. I'm sticking with Kyle Busch, got him in the garage. Um, why there's really no rhyme or reason it's kyle bush and it's a one and a half mile track it's his home track he's not the best at las vegas he has a win there um but he's good at the one and a half mile tracks and it's just with the no practice and qualifying thing he could either be really really good or really really bad um but i think kind of like kevin harvick he's another driver who almost needs a good run this week i mean doesn't need it to the extent that Harvick needs it uh, because, you know, if Harvick has trouble at, at the Roval and Talladega, I mean, he's done if he doesn't have a good run at Las Vegas. Kyle could at least, you know, sneak a couple top tens and make it to the next round because he's good on points. But super speedways aren't the best for Kyle. And that Roval has been really bad to Kyle. So he's going to definitely be up there in contention at Las Vegas for some stage points and ultimately the win or a top five at the end. So I think he's a good pick to have in the garage just in case one of these, these top five starters uh, get into some trouble. So that is what I have. I'm going to run down one more time. Uh, I got the obvious pick, Kyle Larson. Then we got Ryan Blaney, Joey Logano, Kevin Harvick, Martin Trix Jr. And in the garage is Kyle Busch. Some solid picks, my friend, as my dog starts to bark yet again because he barks at absolutely nothing. Jason, I don't, know if, if, I don't know if Kenny can agree with me. Maybe he can hear differently than I can, but I cannot hear your dog at all. Yeah, I can well, hear him just a tad bit. Yeah, but you'll nothing. hear him a tad bit when I start barking, but or when he starts barking, like when I'm talking. But, anyways, um, back to the back to the uh, fantasy, Colin. I will say my 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 lineup's pretty similar to yours, like like pretty spot on almost, except uh, my one of my starters in my garage. So as I yawn, because it's eleven twenty-five here. Excuse me. It's eleven twenty-five here, Eastern, uh, in the state of New Jersey. 
Uh, it's not one o'clock like last week. Oh yeah, last last week was just bad. That for was us. rough. That oh was my rough. gosh, we were yawning so much. Anyways, so my first starter, Kyle Larson. I'm gonna run down really quickly. Kyle Larson is gonna be my uh, second usage of him. I will have three after wow. this. Kyle Larson uh, just won this uh, past Vegas race in the springtime. Uh, he's been great on the mile and a half. Per- probably the most dominant car there. Uh, don't see why you shouldn't pick him. Uh, second, Ryan Blaney, my favorite driver. Uh, should have at least probably at least one Las Vegas win uh, in 2020 in the spring race. Uh, Could have won it, and a yellow flag happened. It would have been between him and Bowman, but um, he's very strong here in Vegas. They know how to do it. Penske's very, very strong here. They know how to win it. I mean, for Christ's sake, the race in the spring club is literally called the Shell Pennzoil 400. Um, my th- uh, he'll be, it'll be my second this is for him of the playoffs. Third, I have the a guy out of May out of New Jersey. Martin Churchill will be my first usage of him. He won here in 2019. He does pretty solid. It's kind of like a so-so day for him usually at Las Vegas. It's either he's good or, or he's just kind of there. Uh, I think Martin Churchill is a good safe pick this weekend. Uh, here's my guy who has changed up. Other than Joey Logano, so I'm just going to say Logano is my fourth pick. Uh, it will be my second usage of him. He's got a couple wins here, back-to-back years. Uh, I don't see how he's not going to be good. The Blue Ovals here are just very good. Uh, and here are my two picks, uh, both my last starter and my garage pick. You're going to find a little odd. Last starter, Tyler Reddick. First usage of him of the playoffs. Uh, we're going to a mile-and-a-half track where RCR has actually been kind of strong recently on these mile-and-a-half tracks. Uh, could have contended for a couple wins, possibly. Um, Reddick is very good at running the high side, as we all know. Las Vegas, a track where late in the race, even on restarts, you can run the high side, and you can get the run if you really have the momentum to, especially on – late in the tire run uh it's possible that tyler reddick can get you a top 10 top five maybe even a win this this uh coming week we saw kurt bush win last week give or take the cars are a little bit better over there in the chip ganassi uh you know uh you know shop compared to rcr but they've both been very cool if not rcr has been a little better this season um and then my garage pick which i'm kind of shocked you didn't really think about like i said i always think about my garage pick very very legitimately and I always think about it. Um, Matt DiBenedetto, why not? It's his final season with the Wood Brothers. Um, he's got two top fives here, two years in, or, uh, in both both of the races last year. I believe it's either two top tens or two top fives. I uh, can't remember finishing the top five in the spring race in 2020, but in the fall race of 2020, he literally finished second to Kurt Busch, I believe. Man literally had a shot to win both races. Very strong here. They're okay on the mile and a half. I don't see why Wood Brothers and Matthew Benedetto wouldn't be a good garage pick or possibly even a starter this weekend uh, heading into Las Vegas. So those are my picks. Again, I'm going to go down like Colin does. Larson, Blaney, Truex, Reddick, Logano, and my garage pick, Matthew Benedetto, this weekend at the Las Vegas Motor Speedway in Las Vegas, Nevada. So those are our fantasy picks. Kenny, what did you think of our fantasy picks there and our explanations as to why we picked them? Real quick, well, Kenny, before you go, I wanted to give an honorable mention that none of our lineup. Uh, if you're looking for someone to start and you don't want to use some of these picks that we made, uh, Alex Bowman, I think, is is a very good honorable mention. So I just want to throw that out there. I may actually move him to my garage pick. I'm not sure I'm going to have to. Yeah. Well, oh, I have an honorable mention. I go think ahead. Someone that y'all forgot that it's – how can you not have him on your list? The winner of this race last year and just the recent winner at Atlanta. I mean, you can't forget Kurt Busch. I mean, he's just 
been showing up to these mile and a halfs. Um, he won obviously Atlanta, like I said, in July against Kyle Bush, which doesn't happen often when usually when they're battling Kyle wins. And then he won and then he won, you know, Vegas last year. You know, he's he won Kentucky. Like Kurt Bush is definitely a guy that is is a good guy to put on your fantasy as well because he knows yeah, how to get I mean, done, I, maybe. I didn't forget Kurt Bush. I just feel like last season, I believe it was some strategy that got him that win. Yeah. Or a timely yell, something like that, and just couldn't pass. And then the fact that he got eliminated last week, I feel like. Yeah, that might. Just know. making laps and trying to just get to the end of the season and get to the 23-11. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that, sure. that does make sense. All right. So. Before we sign off here, we always at the uh, last part of the show for our last little uh, bit segment, uh, we give our picks. So, Kenny, as you are our guest this weekend and maybe even a future, uh, you know, future star here on the show. So we'll Ooh. see. We'll see about it. But I'd be Kenny, Kenny, who is your race winner? One to watch. You are putting your money on this weekend. And oh, rolling the dice at I'm getting put on the spot here. Um, I haven't thought about it thoroughly as this was a last minute deal uh jumping on here but if i had to seriously pick someone to win the race this weekend you know as a whole they've been running better i got my money on martin truex jr i think he's going to victory lane he's won here before and he has momentum so when he has momentum he gets the job done especially at a track that he's very familiar with. So I got Martin Truex Jr., your Las Vegas winner. There you go. Kenny's rolling the dice and gambling on Martin Truex Jr. this weekend in Vegas to lock himself in the round of eight. Colin, who is your pick this weekend at the track where uh, whatever happens in Vegas stays in Vegas, buddy? Oh, man. Vegas gambling. Got to roll those dice and pick pick someone who's going to give you lots of points, lots of money be Kyle Larson young young money young money there you go there, that's that's Colin's pick and uh I, I'm gonna say honestly my pick is Kyle Larson too I gave it in the fantasy uh but I'm gonna still go with the rule if somebody already picked him I'm not gonna choose him so uh if I'm gonna go with somebody this weekend I'm gonna go with Joey Logano I think he comes out of this he's won a, he's won a few of these Las Vegas races they know how to get it done now, give or take, it's not the exact same time of the year. The temperature, we're also going from dusk into the night uh, or uh, late afternoon into the nighttime like we did last year and like the year before that, I believe. Uh, but look out for Joey Logano. The Blue Ovals are very, very strong when it comes here to Vegas. I'm putting my money on Kyle Larson, but since Kyle chose him, I had you know, choose somebody else. So I'm going to go with Joey Logano, guys. I think they'll pick themselves back up. Their only win this season was at the Bristol Dirt Race, which is a race we will not even literally count because it's not even an asphalt track. Hashtag don't put dirt on Bristol, please. But, um, you know, it's already happened next year. So, anyways, uh, those are our picks this weekend, guys. Um, and that's that's pretty much the show right there, you know? Oh, yeah. We did pretty yes. good, guys. So, three. I guess to – you know, uh, I guess we're going to sign ourselves off now that we gave our picks for ba- uh, Vegas. Kenny, thank, uh, what, what did you think about coming on here this uh, this week? Well, it was enjoyable. It, it was nice to sit down and discuss, you know, my opinions of everything and, and hear opinions from you guys. I think it was very enjoyable. It's something that I'd love to 
to do again or, or do annually uh, every week. It's uh, it was a good time. I appreciate you having me on, Jace. I appreciate Colin for letting me jump on here as well. I definitely enjoyed it. Yeah, man. It's definitely, you, man. it's definitely fun. You know, we'd like to see you here again for sure. You know, we'll think about it. We'll, maybe, maybe this will become a three, uh, three-person show. You know, we don't know yet. We'll think about it. You know, it's all about uh, logistics and stuff and, you know, all that jazz that I have no idea about. But, but it's all about the had, money. You know? had, yeah, it's all yeah. about the money, man. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I don't know. Financially, we, we can't. We it, can't. It, it's, it's really, it was a really yeah. fun time, though. It was good to just hear somebody other than Colin, you know, Colin, no offense, the last two weeks. You know, it's, it's been, it's nice to have a third person up here. I usually think that the podcasts typically tend to be, you know, three people. I mean, I'm pretty sure Joe Rogan has him and his buddy who helps out with all the stuff and pulls up on the internet. And then he has his guest. So consider Kenny the guest and one of the co-hosts this week. You know, it was pretty cool to see Kenny on here. Kenny, you know, you're like a brother to me, dude. I love you, dog. Let's go. Been having a lot of fun, you know. I mean, you were here a few weeks ago, you know, for my birthday. We had a hell of a time. So glad you had a hell of a time. Went to wall. Met Colin. Met Colin. Yep. Yeah. Met Colin. Said hi as I was looking at the sky because he's so damn tall. It was a good time. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, Colin. Colin's a good dude. You're a good dude, so, too, Kenny. Thank you, man. We were having a good time. We were drinking. Well, I wasn't drinking beer, but I was looking at people drinking beer and drinking a I Coca-Cola. I was drinking beer. Yeah. yeah. Was drinking beer. Well, let's just say we I'm were all drinking. drinking beer. Let's just but say we were all Kenny drinking. Kenny had an ice-cold Coke in his hand. Ice-cold Coca-Cola, baby. Joey Logano. Oh, yeah. There you go. All right. Oh, yeah. So, uh, folks, anyways, sign us off here again. Thank you, Kenny, so much for coming on. We'll probably have you again in the future. If not, become one of our weekly co-hosts, uh, along with Colin and myself. Uh, folks, thank you so much for listening to episode three of the Nast Time podcast here. And remember to always tune in every week. Now we'll probably be doing these on Tuesday nights. They'll be up Wednesdays in the morning now. So you'll be looking forward to listening to something during the week when you're working at school, wherever you are, uh, throughout this world you know you can listen to it anytime on spotify and everything like that i want to thank spotify for giving us the platform i want to thank the uh i don't even know what the hell we use to upload this i just want to say it's an rss feed like everything else but uh good good episode for sure i really enjoyed this having three people on talking about the past weekend in bristol and the elliot harvick feud we had fun guys so anyways sign us off here again you know we, we uh spent a little bit of time talking about diecasts but you know we don't regret it talk about what's on our mind when we get into it because this is what we love folks it's the sport we love it's near and dear to our hearts it's like family so thank Ooh, you all NASA. so much for listening to the nas time podcast i'm your host jason rockfell alongside my two colleagues and friends kenny brady and colin ward thank you guys so much again for listening to the nas time podcast we will see you in the next episode